Ciao a tutti and welcome to the third episode of Rossoneri Offside, the official podcast of SB Nation's Devil Wears Rossonero. I'm Patrick Stoll alongside my co-host as usual, Tim Fontenot, at Stoll underscore P, at Tim underscore Fontenot, and at SBN Rossonero is where you can get a hold of us. A lot to get into. What a good week it is to be an AC Milan fan. First, they advance into the round of 16 in the Europa League by beating Ludo Goretz 4-0 on aggregate, and they draw the Gunners, Arsenal themselves, and let the banter begin. Follow that up with a huge match against Roma, which AC Milan travel to the Olympico and take down the Gallo Rossi with a 2-0 clean sheet victory. Patrick, all he does is win. Cutrone scores yet again, surprising absolutely nobody. The defense is completely put together. Gattuso is an absolute genius. The savior that we all needed, if that was not enough... Milan is going up against Lazio in the second leg of the Coppa Italia in Rome, which means, oh, by the way, they can win in the Olimpico again, followed by the Derby della Madonnina against the bad guys, Inter, followed by the much-anticipated-already matchup against Arsenal. It's killing me. March 8th cannot get here soon enough, and... I could not be more excited to talk about this with you, Tim. How are you doing? You know, Patrick, the entire time you were just talking, I couldn't stop smiling. This is just such an unbelievable time to be a Milan fan. And I think you summed it up perfectly right there. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, I I figure we can start with Roma, considering that is the most recent result uh, that we're talking about. A 2-0 victory on the backs of, first of all, Cutrone, who I cannot say enough about this kid. This kid is just so good. I'm, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of the team. You know, what else can you say about him? 2-0 clean sheet. Donnarumma played well. Bonucci is playing well. Romagnoli put Roma in his pocket. Kessier is an absolute tank. And Gattuso has this team really, really clicking. It's just it's it's great to see, and this Roma win is not only something that the team really, really needed, because that knocks them down. That's three points that we just took right from Roma. We're seven points behind uh, the bad guys in fourth, but this is 12 matches unbeaten and five matches with wins in a row. I mean, this is incredible. I, I didn't think it would be 2-0. I actually predicted... Uh, 2-1. I didn't expect to be this impressed. Like, it was a tough match, but they handled it so well. And Davide Calabria is playing well, and it is a very, very important, well-played win, and much needed as well. I was watching this match at work, and the entire time, I just... Obviously, at the beginning, it was a little tough. Roma came out very well. And Milan maybe took a few minutes to get into the match. And you kind of saw what we all probably expected. A bit cagey between two teams that really needed the points. 
and the way Milan won the match was the way they've been winning matches. It's I love it's kind of like back to the old Milan where it's not going to be pretty, but they're going to do their job and then they're going to they're going to lock it down and bring it home. And after Couturone scored and you just saw the life that it brought into the Milan team and you saw the way the fans in the corner just erupted and you saw how much just that one goal meant to the team. Then they go out and Calabria comes booming down the wing, gets inside, chips Allison with that beautiful, beautiful goal on a wonderful pass. And you just saw the way it, I'm watching and I just see the celebrations. I'm freaking out on my own. I thought back to 2011, May 2011, when Milan went to the Stadio Olimpico to play Roma and all they needed was a draw and they just... They played a shutdown match. They got the scoreless draw, and they won the Scudetto for the first time in eight years. And I was very emotional that day because, obviously, that draw that was a win meant so much to all of us. But this one, I remember how I felt that day vividly. I did not feel like this that day. This just seems like we've been talking about the way the team has been turning around. We've been talking about the way Gattuso has them buying in. This, to me, was the receipt of that. This is the true revelation of what this team has become under Gattuso. You know, those first 11 games in a row where, where they didn't lose, that was that was all well and good, and we've been excited, and we've been looking forward to what this team could become. And then they go to Roma, and they get those points. And it wasn't just because one player had a big game. This was from... Donnarumma forward everyone did their job and everyone delivered and everyone played like it was a final and they've been playing every match like it's a final you mentioned some of these players Donnarumma was brilliant Romagnoli going back to Roma and just arguably man of the match he was unbelievable Kessier I mean what more can you say about this guy we it's fitting that his upward trend this season comes at the time when Gattuso takes over because they're such similar players um, I think you see you see a player who really really looks up to Gattuso and his words after the match said as much I mean he he even went as far as to call out the way they played under Montella you know he says that Gattuso has them working so much harder you can just Things have changed, and you can see the results. We've got the same players in the dressing room as before. The difference now is that we're working more. It's like being part of a family here, and the results are finally arriving, the family part. I watched the end of that game. I see the guys standing up on the sidelines as they're waiting for the final whistle to finally blow, and I'm sitting there. I'm kind of shaking. I was just I was so worked up the way I just thinking about everything. Patrick Cutrone is on an absolute tear in the in 2018 he's been one of the best number nines in the world Davi Calabria has as I've been waiting for for a couple of years and I thought he had an opportunity with Conti getting hurt earlier in the year he has cemented himself as that right back um, if when Conti finally thankfully comes back healthy he's gonna have to earn that back because this young man who has worked so hard for so long has finally earned that spot and the way that team celebrated, the way they celebrated like it was a final that they had just won, the way they all gathered around Gattuso and just 
jumped on top of him. The way they all ran to the crowd and celebrated after the match. And not just that, on the goals too. The thing I love about when Cutrone scores and the thing I love about when Calabria scored as they were running over, they almost ripped their jerseys off because they were clutching the club crest so hard as they were going to celebrate. All the emotion in that match from start to escalation under after Cutrone's goal to after the final whistle, you just we haven't seen this in so long that I forgot what it was like. And it's just such an unbelievably welcome sight. And I just I'm so excited because now you can build on that with big game against Lazio, with the Derby, with the huge tie with Arsenal. I mean, I, I can't believe I'm this excited after. I kind of wanted to just, you know, go over the edge early on this season. Well, yeah, early in this season was just unbelievably rough. If you had told me when Gattuso was brought on board that he was going to lead the team to 12 matches undefeated and five wins in a row uh including advancing to europe or the next round of european competition a shutout victory away at roma um i probably wouldn't have believed you um if you had offered i obviously would have taken it because we were in a far different place than we are today (laughs) today we are sitting in seventh place Tied with Sampdoria, who, by the way, we beat a week ago, playing the fourth place team, which, if we beat Inter, that means it's four points. And four points is so much more manageable than seven. I remember you and I were talking a couple weeks ago, and we said, it's hard to make up 10 points over 15 matches assuming that the guys above you are getting results. Roma has not been getting results. Inter has not been getting results. Meanwhile, Milan hasn't lost in over a month. They are, point total-wise, the best team of 2018 in Italy, with just one point over the likes of Juventus. However, this has just been absolutely unbelievable. The run that Catuso has had his men put together, uh, the spirit that he has put back into this team, the attitude. You know, a lot of people said, well, he might bring a spine to the team. He might bring Grinta to the team, but, you know, they're in a bigger hole than just attitude. You know, they're not playing well. Well, now they are playing well, and they have the right attitude. He has done exactly what needed to be done, and exactly what none of us were sure if he could even do. You know, none of us thought he could get the team together in the manner that he has. He has clearly shown what it means to be a Milan player, what wearing the badge and the stripes mean, and what it means to go out there and really play your heart out, because that's what I'm seeing from these guys now. I'm glad Cutrone is always on the pitch. I'm glad Calabria has, as you said, earned that spot because it's funny that we spent like 25 million euros on a really good right back and a player from our youth system has taken that spot as his own. Just like it's funny that we spent 
40 million euros on a striker from Portugal, and a youth system player has taken that as his own too. The youth system player stepping up has been great. The players that were performing so shockingly bad in the past, you know, in the first half of the season, right? Kessier wasn't playing that well at times. Donnarumma wasn't having a great season. Benucci was a shocker. Romagnoli wasn't that great. Calabria was being played out of position. Cutrone wasn't on the pitch. Kalinic was bad. Bilia was bad. You know, Locatelli was inconsistent. Montalivo is Montalivo. You know, it was just absolutely shambolic. And now they're competing. They're in every match. Even if they don't win, they at least show the heart. And if they do win, Gattuso says that's not enough. Right? And there are three results in soccer. There's win, lose, draw. And you win, and he says it's not enough because he always wants more. You know, if they get a draw, that's not enough. Point isn't enough. You need the three points, and even then you can do more. Right? This is the attitude that we have all been wanting to see. And quite frankly, this is the kind of results and performances and attitude that we are looking for since the beginning of the season. The expectations were huge on this team after all that money. And financial situation aside, this has been absolutely great for the club, absolutely great for the team, on and off the pitch. They're clearly a tight-knit group. Kessier said it best that, you know, he looks up to Gattuso and they're putting a lot of work in under him, unlike under Montella. And Bonaventura has said that he hopes that Gattuso sticks around and Bonucci and all these guys have shown their respect to him and he's obviously repaid their trust and they've repaid his trust in them. So, you know, I couldn't be prouder of where they are right now. That being said, they have a tough road ahead of them. Uh, We mentioned that they're seven points back of the bad guys in fourth place. They have to take on, on Wednesday, they have to probably just stay in Rome at the Olimpico to play Lazio in the second leg of the Coppa Italia semifinal. Then they host Inter in the Derby. Then they host Arsenal. So that's Wednesday, Sunday, Thursday, and then the next Sunday they have to go to Genoa. Uh, And then they have to play arsenal in london so this is a an absolutely brutal couple of weeks lazio inter arsenal genoa arsenal um and then you know if you keep going kievo and then the big one is at juve which that is way too far ahead and you and i are going to slice and dice that matchup i'm sure because whatever happens there that is going to be a barn burner Lazio is huge, and Inter is huge, and then Arsenal, we'll we'll get to that in a minute because we have some things to say, but Lazio, and the aggregate is nil-nil, so anything can happen. Lazio is a different team than Roma is philosophically, managerially, on the pitch, tactically, and just physically, right? And then there's Inter. This is huge in two competitions, Two domestic competitions they need to do well in. They frankly need wins in both of these. 
And if you take those three points off of Inter, then it's four points. And then, you know, you keep getting results. Who knows what could happen? You beat Inter, the conversation about maybe they can make the Champions League gets a lot louder. Because right now it's like, wow, we're doing really well. What if this is a thing? If they take the three points off of Inter, that is officially a climb to the Champions League, which would be miraculous. Yeah, I mean, what we're seeing is just unbelievable. And I think you just, again, summed it up brilliantly. I mean, look, it it is a tough road. But as they've been saying, the way Gattuso has them training, you know, the way he's getting them to buy in, they're not afraid of this kind of stretch. I think this is more of something for... For us to look at and just make us a little nervous like look i'm not saying that they're gonna stay unbeaten i'm not saying they're gonna go and win all these matches i have more faith now than i ever could have imagined a few months ago a few weeks ago just going back to gattuso again because i mean it, everything comes back to him with what's happening right now you mentioned calabria stepping in after we paid all that money for conti you mentioned cutrone after we paid all that money for Silva. It's interesting. Obviously, circumstances changed for Montella this year, but last year we had gone out, got this big-name manager, at least in Italian circles, and it doesn't work under him. But then this man of Milan comes up from the youth system and just gets them locked in, and he's his name is up in lights in the managerial world right now. I mean, it's unbelievable. And my, I was so nervous when he took over. I was very apprehensive. I know he'd only been in the Primavera system for a couple of months, and his previous managerial roles hadn't really panned out. So I was like, what are we getting with this guy? What is going to happen? And now I realize this was, his, this was the role that he was meant for. This was the role he needed. He is a Milan player through and through. You forget about the other clubs he played for, honestly, because, I mean, he is, this is his club. And you, we saw him for years, as we've said before, literally bleed for this club. And he's got all of these players buying into the same system and playing with the same spirit that we used to love this one player for. He's got it from front to back from 11 players on the pitch all the time. And it's just, it's what we needed. And it's so amazing to have that back. And you just, that fighting spirit is intoxicating. So I'm I'm not worried about this stretch coming up from, I mean, these next three games, Lazio, Inter, Arsenal, we used to, we used to have that on a regular basis when this was a club that was always going deep into the Champions League. And it would be like, oh, okay, we play Juventus, then we go to Barcelona, then we come back and we play inter fiorentina when they were a champions league club i mean that was great i mean we welcomed that and we did very well so i i just i bring it on i'm so excited i also would like to remind everyone what happened last time ac milan played host to inter uh which was (laughs) patrick all i do is score cutrone scoring an extra time winner in the, I believe it was the 105th minute, yes. in order to advance in the Coppa Italia. So I feel like I am conditioned now to be nervous about these big, big matches. 
I was nervous heading into the intermatch uh, in the Copa Italia. I was nervous heading into Roma. I was nervous heading into the Inter Derby earlier in the season, the one where Icardi got a penalty because of Ricardo Rodriguez put it past Donnarumma uh, for the first penalty that he ever scored on Gigi Donnarumma in like the 90th minute, right? And that was just absolutely soul-crushing, right? Yeah, that was heartbreaking. So now, not only do they have Gattuso, and the tactics are working, the substitutions are working really, really well. Like, even Kajanic comes off the bench and, like, makes an impact, right? He actually does something. So, you know, he's doing well in that role after he was just really, really not doing anything earlier in the season, uh, including some shockers against Inter, by the way, which, you know, I, I still can't let go of. But it's almost Gattuso's brought that us against the world mentality and that the the revenge tour. The revenge tour is in full force right now. They're playing who is ahead of them. They're playing each game almost like a cup final. And right now, Lazio is first. Inter is after that, but they will not be worrying about Inter until the minute Lazio is over. As for the Lazio match itself, it's going to be tough. They're a really good team. They have some really, really good players. Immobile is back. Um, Milinkovic Savic, uh, you know, speaks for himself. He's going to be sold for a ginormous amount of money over the summer, uh, and it's not going to be the AC Milan. Um, even though I would probably give a limb uh, for yep. him, but I'll throw one into. Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, and you know, if if they even want, they can have you know, uh, Bilia back. Uh, we'll just trade. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, and Montalivo. You know, you, you <laughs> start doing like some FIFA stuff. Like you know, I'll give you. Yeah. I'll throw. I'll see if I can knock you down a little bit. But no, I mean, he's he's going to be the next super big transfer out of Italy uh, unless Paolo Dybala leaves and then that's going to of course dwarf Milinkovic Savic's fee but you know they have some great players their manager has it together you know there's a reason they are where they are in the table which is third one point ahead of uh, the bad guys enter uh, two points ahead of their city rivals Roma 13 points back of Juve they really have been having a great season domestically and internationally. I mean, they are also in the round of 16, the Europa League. It's going to be a really big game. They're 0-0 aggregate. It can go either way. This, you know, I'll say it, it could be the end of the unbeaten run. Or it could be another impressive notch in the belt of Gattuso. But since it's tied nil-nil... If no one scores, it's going to extra time. If Milan scores, you know, all they need is one goal. If they draw 1-1, Milan advance, right? Um, so a, a draw and Milan advance. There are a lot of things pointing AC Milan's way. Uh, for example, all they need is a goal and not to concede two. Or, you know, if you have a draw, you're through. Or, you know, you've been able to handle them earlier 2-1 over Lazio at the San Siro and then 0-0 at the San Siro just a couple days later. And that was the Copa Italia. So 
I mean, anything can happen. It really can. I mean, I'll tell you what, though, that win and that draw were a nice change of pace from the beginning of the season when Chiro Immobile just... Absolutely lit us up. Oh, had Milan at his mercy. And I'll tell you what, I... I like Lazio. I, I enjoy watching them play. And you said Immobile, Malinkovic, Savage. They're well coached by the other Inzaghi. I've, I enjoy them. They've been beating up mostly on the other, the other half of the table lately, though. That's that's the thing. They, the last couple wins, are they destroyed Sassuolo at the weekend. They were brilliant. They went to the map. I had no issues. Verona, 2-0. But before that, they lost three in a row including Milan. This is in the league. Milan, Genoa, and Napoli. Napoli just undress them, but who doesn't Napoli undress these days? I mean, they're... I I think they hold on over Juventus, but that's another discussion. When they've come up against the top half, they've been having some issues. Lost to Roma back in November, had a draw against Fiorentina, barely got past Sampdoria, drew with Atalanta, but, I mean, you can say these same things about Milan. Lazio also has a very, very brutal week. They play Milan on Wednesday, and then they have a shorter turnaround Saturday. They have to set up for a match at the Olympico against Juventus. So they're in for a rough one as well. I've been thinking about this match, and I I see it being a 1-1 draw, a 1-0 Milan win. I, I think Milan get that goal they need. Obviously, the way they've been playing, they've been not lighting up the back of the net on this run, but they've been picking their moment in every match. And that one moment they deliver. Um, I just, I picture Suso getting the ball on the wing against this three back Lazio system and picking out Cutrone on a run. And he just pokes it in the back of the net. And all of a sudden you've got the advantage. And now Lazio not only has to go out and score, they have to score twice, something they're fully capable of but against a team that has only allowed four goals in the last 12 matches in all competitions. They had a rough time with Milan the last couple matches, and I, I don't see a reason why they Milan can't get through to the final. I'm going to go ahead and say a 1-1 draw. I think Cutrone and Immobile score, and I think Milan is dancing around on the field at the Olympico again. You know, I really like that prediction of 1-1. Someone's going to score, and... I don't think anyone's getting blown out on Wednesday. Um, I do think it's going to be a draw. Actually, I'm going to go Milan 2-1 just because they're in form. Uh, I don't think they're going to keep a clean sheet. I think Immobile will get on the score sheet. But I do think that one is going to be a later. Uh, that that second Milan goal is going to be a little later. So it's it's going to be really tight. And I think it's going to be really close. You know, it's going to be closer than that score reflects, but I think I'll go 2-1. And then you got to turn right around, go back to Milan, and host the bitter arch enemies who have been having an absolutely shocking 2018, which, you know, we were talking about. Uh, They finally got a win, though. You know, they have two wins in their last four matches, so... Uh, you know, they might be turning it around. They uh, managed to beat 10-men Benevento 2-0 after losing to Genoa 2-0. And uh, Inter also, uh, a couple weeks back, beat Bologna, uh, who had 10 men, uh, 2-1 right after a series 
of draws. So Inter is not in form. Spalletti's job might be on the line. I've heard rumblings that if Inter continue to fall and if they continue dropping, like if they miss Champions League, I think he's out. Um, So I'm not reporting anything that I know. I just think that he's gone if they don't make Champions League. And if they lose to Milan, that's a soul crusher right there for a team that was in first place and is now absolutely nowhere close. They have 51 points there in fourth place. Uh, That 51 points is a solid 18 behind leaders Napoli. But Inter were number one early in the season, you know, November or October. But they have just fallen off a cliff, and I think Milan can handle business there as well. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. I think if Milan win this match on Sunday, the only thing that's going to be more red than the Piazza del Duomo is going to be the fire under Spalletti's seat. You, I mean, he's not going to get sacked after the Derby. Inter aren't going to be, that they're not going to mishandle the situation that poorly. But he is in serious trouble if they lose that. And I, I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing them hold on to fourth place. Whether it's Milan, whether it's Roma, I, I don't see Inter being part of that group of four going to the Champions League next year. Um, look, I, I think there's a couple matches coming up where Milan smell blood in the water. And they're, you know, they're walking around not so much with a strut, but just with this new motivation. And the the San Siro is going to be absolutely rocking. the The atmosphere is going to be something like we haven't seen. Like I remember, the most emotional, or not emotional, but the most passionate crowd I can think of this season at the San Siro was that first qualifying match in the Europa League after they made all these signings, and everyone was like, "This is the new Milan. This is the dawn of a new day." And they had like fifty thousand in for that third round qualifying match. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, hey, this is awesome. Like, this atmosphere is amazing. I, I I don't know how you don't completely outdo that. You know, you're probably looking at 80,000 in the San Siro on Sunday. A Milan-heavy crowd and the emotion that's coming with everything they've done, and especially if they make the Coppa Italia final. Uh, if you come in after that Lazio match in the final, and now you have a chance to take the interscalp and what you correctly call a four-pointer, and then you're going right after that into Arsenal. Emotions are going to be high at the San Siro. And Milan are going to f- be able to feed off that. And, you know, again, going back to Gattuso, having them buying in. And he's going to be getting on these players, especially all these new players, and talking about the emotion of a derby and what it means to play in this match. If there's anyone who's capable of motivating a squad to play in the Milan derby, it is that guy. It is Gattuso. I am so excited about this, and I'm so excited to see what he does and what his team is capable of doing in this match. One thing I will say, I don't think Gattuso makes it out of the enter game on the touchline. <laughs> like, I think he's going to be yelling. One, he's going to be voiceless. Yeah. Two, I think it's going to be that emotional that I, I do, I'm not sure if both managers make it out on the touchline. It's going to be that wild. I can't wait. But you know how to put more people in the San Siro is you draw Arsenal in the Europa League round of 16. Now, let's start by setting the scene a little. 
there are seven Champions Leagues between the two sides in this tie. Hmm. Arsenal have none of them. <laughs> I had a uh, a coworker of mine who is an Arsenal fan um, on purpose try and talk smack to me, and I said, "You can't put Milan's history in the same sentence as Arsenal's. Like that's slander, is what that is." <laughs> and he said, "Not really." Oh, absolutely. And I said, "But where are your European trophies?" And he had no response because there are none. But hey, they're the Invincibles. Right, but they had the Invincibles. You know how many European trophies they won? (laughs) None. None. Milan Arsenal is huge. The Twitter wars have already started. Uh, They started as soon as the draw came through. And I agree. I saw this comment on Twitter. I thought it was hilarious. If FC Barcelona was in the Europa League, we would have drawn Barcelona. That is the luck that we have because I frankly didn't want to draw Arsenal. Um, There were a handful of teams that I would rather have drawn. Like, I don't even know the name or the country of uh, Sporting Club de Portugal's matchup. It's, I legitimately have no idea. So I would bet that Sporting makes it to the next round Meanwhile, Milan or Arsenal are going to have to go home. It's based on history, tradition, and just European DNA. Um, It's Arsenal. Arsenal are going to go home. Um, They get knocked out of the round of 16. Wenger has no idea who he's going to be next to on the touchline. You know, Wenger is always one of those guys who looks like he wants to fight. (laughs) Like he always wants to get in someone's face on the touchline. And if he does that to Gattuso, I think Gattuso will actually punch a hole through his body. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, he doesn't know who he's messing with, and he doesn't know the team that he's messing with either. You know, Arsenal actually said, you know, last time we played, and they posted highlights from a Legends game. Aww. Aww. What about that last time we played in the last 16 of a competition? That's a little different. Uh, that would not be something that they would have wanted to post. <laughs> it's it's unreal. Uh, this is really a huge matchup. Uh, it starts at the San Siro. Milan are getting Arsenal at the right time. Because Milan are in form. Arsenal is not. Milan is confident. Arsenal is not. If this had happened earlier, like if this had happened in the first half of the season, I would have said, well, that was a nice Europa League campaign we had. Good game. But now, I'm not saying, like, oh, you know what? We might have a chance. We absolutely have a chance. We have as much of a chance as they do. They have some quality players. You know who they don't have available for the match? One, Alexis Sanchez. Two, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Aubameyang can't play. He's cup-tied, which is enormous. He also wouldn't want to score against his former team either. That would be horrible. True. Uh, He would make a huge difference. The fact that he's not going to be in, so they have Mkhitaryan. Uh, Mkhitaryan, no disrespect to him, but he's not Alexis Sanchez. I've said that since the whole deal went down. Uh, He's different. He brings a different style of play, but he's not Alexis Sanchez. I said it once the draw happened. If Milan beat Arsenal in advance, Gattuso's locked down. Gattuso stays. That's it. There are no no more questions. Um, You know, when Gattuso was hired, 
I said, I wonder if he knows that his job is to win the Europa League. Now, if you beat Arsenal in the round of 16 to get to the quarterfinals of the Europa League, and the the smack talk is hilarious, and I'm I'm really excited for this. Let me uh let me preface by saying that I have I have the pleasure at ESPN of working with two wonderful men who both played for Arsenal in Paul Mariner and Stuart Robson. I they're they're good guys. I like them both. Um, I just hate the team that they used to play for, and I really have no reason to hate Arsenal, but there's just something about them and something about the way Arsenal fans carry themselves. This sense of entitlement that we belong among the giants, you should revel in our presence. Like, really? You haven't done anything since 2004. Like, congratulations on making the Champions League final in 2006. Ronaldinho sends his regards. But I think you said it very well. I This is one of those matches that I was talking about smelling blood in the water. I went to I went to bed the night before the draw, and all I kept whispering as I was going to bed was, "Please let it be a Russian team. Please let it be a Russian team." Because there's a lot of those, and a lot of them very beatable. And any of those Eastern European teams that are still in it, who we don't know the names of, we completely forgot they existed. Oh, this player still plays for them. Would have been great, but we get Arsenal, and so everyone's going to be looking at us, and everyone's going to be watching this matchup because now you're at a very respectable part of the Europa League. There are some very good teams left. Us, Dortmund, uh, Lazio, and Arsenal. I'm excited. And I don't think I was as excited until I read Massimiliano Mirabelli's comments. Our fearless sporting director. And this is one of the My things... Man. That, yeah. This is one of the things I love about the way Milan are playing right now. Everyone from the players to the coaching staff to the executives to us... We are feeling this rejuvenation. And with it is this come at us scenario. This feeling of we're ready to take on all comers. We want to test ourselves. And Maribelli saying, oh, I feel sorry for Arsenal. And you know what? I do too. I am so excited about this draw. I have a very good feeling about it. Look, Arsenal probably considered the favorites. Fair, but this draw and those odds were made before that Carabao Cup final, which was just an absolute embarrassment of a performance from what's supposed to be a respectable football club. And Arsene Wenger, we say it, we say it every year. I have this whole theory about the stages of an Arsenal season. This is the this is the gut check point for him. I don't know if he's ready for it. You know, Milan have a chance to shell shock him and he's going to be in the press the press conference after the match well uh, I think that uh, we played very well but uh, they got very lucky and uh, <laughs> 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 I'm very I'm very proud of my Arsene Wenger look I just I I don't think he's <laughs> I don't think he's going to handle this situation very well and I think he's going to be intimidated by what Gattuso is going to be on the sidelines, like you said, punching a hole through his body. I see Gattuso eating his face off personally. Well, <laughs> I, I don't think he's ready. For, uh, I, I'm not ready. He's got an unbelievable experience at this level, but his team is in crisis mode again. They, they're, they're miserable right now, and 
it doesn't matter that they've brought in Sanchez and Aubameyang and who aren't even available in this tie. And it's just two teams going in completely opposite directions. I think Milan are more than capable. I'm not saying it's going to be a 4-1 on aggregate. It could very well end up being a 3-2 or a 2-1, something like that. Like, could just get down into the into the nitty-gritty of it. And I see so much that can be taken advantage of with Arsenal right now. So bring it on. Yeah, and friendly reminder that Arsenal lost to Ostersund in the round of 32. They advanced 4-2 on aggregate because they gave up two goals in the span of like 60 seconds <laughs> against Ostersund. So just a quick run-through of the Europa League matchups. Uh, Atletico Madrid is going to beat the Love and Daylights out of Locomotive Moscow. Dortmund, in their semi-struggling, semi-not way, got RB Salzburg. Milan, Arsenal, CSKA Moscow, and Olympic Lyonnais, which is actually a pretty good matchup. RB Leipzig against Zenit, uh, which I can't imagine the, the, the scenes in the crowd for that matchup oh my god Lazio Dynamo Kiev another one I can't even imagine Marseille Bilbao low-key really good and then Sporting gets Pizen which I have no idea they're uh they're a Czech club they've been in the Champions League yeah they usually go off and win or do really well in the Czech League and they just kind of they're one of those teams that's like hey we're here but that's all I got (laughs) So Sporting, one of, in my opinion, one of the weaker remaining teams, got Pizan, the weakest remaining team. So that was interesting. I went to sleep the night before, deathly afraid that we were going to get Atletico Madrid. Um, So I'll take Arsenal over Atletico Madrid because Atleti would have been a death sentence. I don't think Arsenal is a death sentence, and I can very much see us getting past Arsenal in which case, Milan Twitter, I think, will just blow up. The Milan Twitter community uh, is already unhinged, uh, <laughs> and I love it. Oh, man. I haven't seen it like this since uh, Allegri was still in charge, and it was the... Uh, Peak banter era. The so-called Moonbats were uh, this oh. faction, and oh, oh, my God, those were those were some days. The community now is as strong as it ever has been, especially since everyone kind of bonded together again when the purchases came and everyone said, all right, if you weren't here during the banter era, go ahead and go back out. We don't want you here. And then uh, when we didn't have a good start to the season, it was all right. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Come on, come on. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Mirabelli, <laughs> and he said... Like you said, I'm sorry for Arsenal. The second part of that sentence that he said was, who I'm sure would have liked to have continued in Europe. (laughs) I love it. It's amazing. Absolutely love it. Put what you got on the table and let's go for it. I cannot wait for March 8th. (laughs) And the banter is just getting absolutely off the hook. Um, I believe some Arsenal fan account... Uh, said something to the effect of only hipsters watch Syria or have a have an Italian team. Over a thousand people said okay on his tweet. 
which is absolutely ludicrous. Has that tweet been inducted into the Ratio Hall of Fame yet? I think it most certainly is, um, because <laughs> it's just you just go and it's just okay, 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 uh, which is just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's similar to a writer who writes for four four two, who gets okay and L all the time, which is just absolutely hysterical. Uh, they don't think it's funny. <laughs> But we most certainly do. Oh, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it. It's <laughs> the most hype that we could have gotten out of one match. It's the biggest story. This game is going to be on Fox Sports. You know, this isn't going to be on BT Sport 2. This is going to be on Fox Sports. This is going to have all the papers there. This is going to have all the coverage because it's Arsenal. And if Arsenal lose, not only do we get to celebrate the win at the San Siro, and then embarrass them at the Emirates, but we get to watch Arsenal Fan TV afterward. Which is just, oh my god. Like I said, I have a stages sort of thing where they start off pretty well, and you know the expectations were, oh, well, they're going to be better this year than they were last year, title contention. Then they dip. Then comes Boxing Day, and you're like, hey, like maybe this team is actually for real. They're back on track. Wenger's great. He'll still be around next year. Then you get to around February, March, and it all just starts to fall apart. So we're getting them at the perfect time historically. If this doesn't go to plan for them, just the first leg, if they just, if they go to the San Siero and they don't come out with a win, or if they get shut out and Milan hold a clean sheet and it's advantage Milan going to the Emirates, they are going to be unbelievable they're gonna be on full panic mode from the training ground to the papers to the fans and it's just i'm i'm ready to watch it crumble i'm ready to watch this whole thing come falling down and i i can't help but wonder if we could be the tipping point of the end of arson wenger i i'm not saying that's what's gonna happen i just i'm holding that idea in my head and i'm here for it with all due respect to him, he's been a brilliant manager. You hate to see someone lose their job, but it's been a long time coming that they need to move on. What if we're the final chapter? You know, that would be pretty... I think that they're going to let him see out the season regardless, and then they're going to move him upstairs, I believe. I would hope they would show him that respect. I mean, I don't think they're making Champions League anyway. I think they're going to be in the Europa League again next year. Uh, hopefully, Milan finds their way to the Champions League, uh, whether that be winning the Europa League or finishing fourth, or apparently third, because third and fourth are separated by a point. You know, if AC Milan get to the Champions League and Arsenal are stuck in the Europa League, you know, this is peak Arsenal banter era stuff. I, again, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a great match. And all due respect, you know, as much smack talk as there is about Arsenal, they are a good team. There's a reason they are where they are in the table. Uh, they're no slouches. You know, they're not Manchester City, but they're not Stoke City. There's a reason they are where they are in the table. And Milan 100% recognize that they're no slouches. And I believe Gattuso will have the boys ready to get the job done 
when it comes time to host Arsenal and then travel to the Emirates for an absolutely huge match. And then if they get into the quarterfinals, then you got to, you know, do what they've apparently been doing. Reset, move on to the next one. Uh, real quick closing note, there was some news swirling around that uh, Frank Kessier wants to go to Manchester United. Uh, and actually, if you search Frank Kessie, it shows up that he, you know, on Sky Sports, that he wants United, that he wants a move to Old Trafford. Uh, we have a story up on our site. They're not true. A source close to AC Milan uh, has confirmed that the words about him wanting to play for Manchester United were taken from an interview back from when he was playing for Atalanta. He's not going anywhere. It's clickbait stuff. That was years ago. Uh, he has expressed no desire to leave Milan. And uh, so I, I figured I would throw that out there. The way it's worded, too, is... You know, this interview being from the past as well, saying, I dream of playing for Man United. Tyler Adams, in an interview with Hercules Gomez the other day, said that he dreams of playing in Europe against Real Madrid. There's reports that Patrick Vieira would love to work with Albert Rusnak from RSL at NYCFC. It's the way these things are worded. Like, the way he says, of, I dream of playing for Man United. Who who doesn't like a lot of people yeah, dream of like, that? Yeah, <laughs> I I that there there's dreaming of playing for Man United, and then there's hey, I know I've been saying all these things about playing for Gennaro Gattuso, but I'm gonna go ahead and leave. Also, now it, like how would he even fit into that team? He'd go there, and he's gonna have to try and get in front of Matic and Pogba. And you know they're going to be going looking to add in the midfield again over the summer. I mean, it's not even feasible for him at Milan. He has a chance to continue working with this guy who he reportedly greatly admires. Has a chance to be part of getting this team back into the Champions League. He is in the eleven regularly, and frankly, especially going into next season, should be one of the first names on the team sheet if he stays in the form he's in. That's I, I. It's just an absurdity. Who who doesn't want to play for United? Why would he leave right now? It it none of it makes sense. Frank the Tank is not going anywhere. He's staying. But I did. I, I figured we can mention that just to shoot that down. Uh, because again, if you Google Frank Kessier, the all the results are that he wants to go to Manchester United. Um, it's clickbait. It's what they do. It happens. It's not true. On that note. Thank you for listening to the Rossoneri Offside, the official podcast of SB Nation's Devil Wears Rossonero. I'm Patrick Stoll alongside Tim Fontenot at Stoll underscore P at Tim underscore Fontenot. Thank you for joining me again, man. Always a pleasure, Patrick. Can't wait for the next time. Absolutely. And hopefully next time we will be talking about a couple more wins against a couple really big teams. Thank you again for listening. Check us out on Twitter. Check out our work on acmilan.theoffside.com. For Tim, for the Devil Wears Russ and Arrow staff, I'm Patrick. We'll see you next time.